Hey there, welcome to the Inside Out Podcast, episode 36. We've made it this far. I am Michael Anderson here, joined as always by Brent Kimball. Brent, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. It's Thursday afternoon when we normally record these these podcasts. I've got a question for you real quick, though. Okay. I was thinking, I don't know why they're called podcasts. So, so um, because I've heard of a vodcast, which is kind of a yeah. silly word for a video podcast. Okay. But what does a podcast actually mean? Are we, are we right now, because I, I left the office, we're over here in the main building now, yeah. in our studio, mm-hmm. also known as our auditorium wherever, at this moment. Wherever it is that week. But we're in our studio. And, um, and so I said, hey, I'm going over to uh, do some podcasting. But I don't know that that's actually a, a proper way of saying that. Are we casting a pod of some sort right now? Is that what? What are we doing? I don't even know what this means. I don't know. I don't know. We I don't do know where a that podcast, came from. but we don't even know. I'm th- what we're when doing. you phrased it like that. I was thinking about a sermon I've heard you preach twice now in two what? different churches. When the, the passage in Ecclesiastes where he talks about casting your bread upon the waters, like oh, yeah. do you call that bread casting? Or, you know, mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is a mystery. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, it's so great. We we have, um, when I was down in Vancouver, we, we went through the book of Ecclesiastes, and I preached three of those sermons yeah. in that series. And all of us on the preaching team, as well as the church, fell in love with the book of Ecclesiastes. Yep. And, um, and so then whatever it was, a year and a half ago or whatever, we'd, we said, we're going to do Ecclesiastes here. And it was so funny because when I first said it, there was like an audible groan. Yeah. Because people don't, at that moment, they didn't understand what Ecclesiastes was about. And it feels like a kind of if, like a funeral dirge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but after we got, well, after like week one, people were like, it's my new favorite book, the yeah. Bible. And um, what's great is we've got this new family that's coming. And they are Bible people. They love the Bible. Yep. And they are go. And I, they're. I think they're listening to our podcast as well. So that's kind of fun. So I'm referencing you, uh, who are listening right now. But they were saying that they're trying to go back through and listen to some of our pre- uh, previous series mm-hmm. to just kind of get caught up with the the heartbeat of the church. And and he was saying, yeah, Ecclesiastes is now my new favorite yeah. book in the Bible. I'm like, isn't that something? Yeah, it's just awesome. The Bible is awesome. Yes, so, it is. Um, it is. Not, not even close. Podcasting is pretty okay, but the Bible is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So much. let's cast the pod, brother. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's get into it. I didn't, I didn't want to do any, any sort, of, sort of opening things this week because I feel like this Two Be Human series has been um, just, just weighty. Not that it's been difficult to understand or process or anything, but it's just, it's taken up a lot of space in my head and I know other people's as well. And, and Brent, I've told you this, and I'm sure that people who are listening to this have, have noted this as well, but there's just been a different level of attentiveness in the building, a different level of 
of energy with this series, it seems to me. And, and so the reception to it has been just phenomenal. And so it's looking to continue to be so this week when you're going to be dealing with sexuality. And that topic uh, is even going to be stretched into two separate weeks because there's there's a lot to cover yeah. um, with that. And so that's why we're appreciative of this this podcast platform is that it gives us, and by us I mean primarily you, a chance to uh, get a little deeper into the things that you introduce on Sunday. And so so quickly, um, just kind of as a review from the sermon on Sunday, you brought up um, some some statements that are pretty basic statements that have become fairly inflammatory things to say in our culture. Like if you just, without any context, if you posted any of these statements on Facebook, you may receive some some kickback from somebody. But these were nestled under your fourth point in your sermon, uh, where you said human gender reflects the image of God. And you mentioned Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, which says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Him, male and female, he created them. So there's a repetition there. We're, we're learning something there. So you, six things. First thing under that is this. There are two genders. That was true on Sunday. That's still true today. Yes, it was right. true at creation. Yes. And it's still true today. <laughs> um. Secondly, both genders are of equal dignity and worth. Number three, each gender is distinct. Number four, both genders are necessary. Number five, the genders are complementary. Number six, the genders are fixed. So those are six truths related to to the fact that human gender reflects the image of God. Uh, True, not because I believe them very strongly. True, not because I feel that way. But true because, firstly, the um, the Bible teaches that. True also because these are things that are not based on feeling, but they're objectively identifiable genetically, that they are, they, they are uh, a part of what it means to be a human and they can be verified scientifically. So this idea of separating biological sex from gender is um, as much as people feel very passionate about it, and I want to be very compassionate toward them, um, but there's, there's no basis for it. There's no scientific logical basis for that, but there is plenty of evidence in Scripture that this is the good and right work of God in his creation. And so, as I led my, or as I started my sermon on Sunday, I, I kind of tried to create this scene where we've been, we'd been abducted. And uh, not knowing, you know, we were taken on a big journey with our heads covered and our ears plugged and now we're somewhere where we don't know where we're at. We don't know where we came from. We don't know how we got to where we are, but we don't know how to get back to where we are, except that we hold the Bible up, the light of Scripture up to these, um, these uh, cultural um, 
notions, these cultural ideas, and let the light of Scripture do its work. And so that's what we're hoping. Uh, but, but the reality of, of these things being true, as I said on Sunday, the, the, only way that the, the only way that we could conclude, for instance, that there are more than two genders or that the genders uh, that or that both genders are necessary or that they're unnecessary or, or that they're f- not fixed the only way we could conclude that is is we have to untether ourselves from the creation account we have to basically abandon scripture from the beginning we abandon scripture from the beginning when we uh, unmoor ourselves from that and then we embrace a secular view of the universe where there is no creator and everything has come about by random chance plus time, and then we make sure that uh, we establish that every single individual person's own feelings are the most important thing in the world, then you can say that these things aren't true. But as so long as you stay moored to Scripture, anchored to Scripture, then it's very clear that these things are true. Um, and so it's, it's not a popular message, and it's not stated. It's stated with confidence, with a sense of conviction, but it's also stated with a, a lot of, I think, a lot of compassion because our culture right now is, um, it is adrift in a storm, and people are being ripped off. There's a whole, like, the, the, the Gallup poll that came out last week that uh, showed a significant escalation in people who are identifying as LGBT. Um, I, I read that. I think I'm going to reference it maybe next Sunday, uh, like the 21st. I'm going to reference that. But they, they talked about how now in America, 5.6% of Americans are identifying as LGBT. That's as far as they went. Um, and, um, and when you dig into that, you recognize there's some really poignant truths that need to be seen beyond the headline. The headline is a little misleading, which is often the case with the headlines. Um, and so I want to reference that probably next Sunday, the 21st. But um, we, we've got a generation, uh, uh, particularly our younger generation, Generation Z, that is... Um, Others are being influenced, so I'm Generation X, and um, so between, I I was born in 1971, so I'm like dead smack dab in the middle of Generation X, and um, there aren't very many people in my generation who are wondering, who are changing their identity. Some have already done so or have thought that their identity is different than their biological sex. But that's not happening in mass, certainly not happening in mass with the boomers, and it's definitely not happening in mass with the builders. But when you get to the younger generations, they're the ones who are more readily buying in to the headlines and to the, um, into what people are shouting um, from um, social media and, you know, mainstream media and political venues, as well as um, the Hollywood crowd. And so it, it's, it's maddening to me. It's sad, but it's also maddening that so many young people are getting ripped off. And I would just plead with pastors 
um, everywhere to really um, like preach the Bible, right? Preach the Bible, address these issues with compassion and conviction because the church needs to know what the Bible says so as to not go adrift with society. And also, the lost need to hear the gospel truth. And uh, you, you can't abandon these fundamental truths about what it means to be a human and still embrace the gospel. You cannot. And so we've got to be um, courageous in this day. First of all, you mentioned Gen X. And I was thinking this. No one has a problem with Gen X. Have you ever noticed that? Maybe surfing around on the internet or going through Facebook? All these younger people are complaining about the boomers. I'm a millennial. They're, we've had our fair share of problems. But no one ever mentions Gen X. And I feel like all the Gen Xers are just kind of living their best life, you know, staying out of the headlines. So Yeah, that's funny. I'd have to think through that a little bit. The only thing I know that um, I remember, like when I was maybe in my late 20s, Gen X was getting um, some notoriety and the negative thing, the neg- what was funny is the negative thing w- that was being said, which I think was being said by the boomers, was that Generation X, they, they, um, they always ask the why question. And if you, can't ask, if you can't answer the why question for a Gen Xer, they don't want to do it. And for me, I'm like, and? Of course, I am a Gen X, so I'm like, of course, if you're telling me that I'm supposed to do something, but you can't articulate to me why I'm supposed to do it, then I want to know, like, why would I do that? And it very well may be right and true, but you need to tell me why it's right and true. And so um, so we were criticized for that, but I felt like it was a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, your sermons... Brent, you, you mentioned this uh, multiple times, and you mentioned it Sunday as well, but these things are building off of each other. So the first week was identity, and you're, so you're, each, each of your sermons, there's a big idea. So the big idea from, from the first week is knowing who you are comes from knowing who you belong to. The big idea from this past Sunday is human gender is divinely appointed, as in who we belong to, and is fixed as either male or female. So you're, you're building week to week. And we live in this, in this world that is very much uh, in line with who Paul writes about in Romans 1. Talks about people who claim to be wise um, but are actually fools. And I want to say that with as much compassion as possible. But there are a lot of narratives out there that are are seemingly wise, but are incredibly foolish, and they're being believed wholesale. And like you've said... So can I give you a little challenge there? Yes. So I'm, I actually, as you mentioned, I split week... I, I split the sexuality, which is this Sunday. I split into two sermons, so we're extending the series from five weeks to six weeks because there's just too much content with regard to sexuality. And the second week, I'm going to actually walk through that Romans text that you're referencing... So a little, a, little, um, a little challenge for you. So you're quoting that passage. Now you need to do a little word study and find out when Paul says they became fools or they were, they were fools, find out what that means. It's an interesting, 
it's an interesting little discovery that you'll make. You'll be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So anybody that wants to do that, I think it's verse 21 that that's coming from. I don't have that right in front of me, but I think it is. But that's, it's an interesting word choice that Paul uses to describe these, these folks. Yes. So just remember this, though. Remember, Michael, the, the idea is we're not, we're not special because we told ourselves we're special. It's not a self-appointed identity. We are special, but we, we need to know why we're special. We're special because we were created in the image of God. And so it's a divine appointment. Our identity is divinely appointed. And likewise, in that creation, gender, it's part of our, un, our being uniquely created in God's image. So Brent, the vast majority of our listening audience is going to be agreeing with the truths that we've been putting forward. And that's a great thing. We are glad that they're valuing what the Bible says about these things. But let's kind of put some wheels on this and, and figure out how we respond in our everyday life. So so how do I, as a Christian, respond to someone who's struggling with their gender identity? Yeah. Yeah, because there, well, first thing is we have to recognize that this is a real thing, that we are not, we should not belittle this. It's not, we should not make light of it in any way. This is a real, it's a real thing and it's a real struggle. And, um, and so I think we need to be, we, we would be in error to try to pretend like it wasn't there or to make, or to make light of it. I think we need to make sure that we are recognizing this is happening in our culture. This is a real, and, it, and it's a real struggle. So uh, there's, there, one of the things that we have done is every week we're putting out a number of resources, books and articles for people to reference, to read, to educate themselves, to further study the subject matter, whether it's on um, human identity, whether it's re- re- with its regard to... Um, gender, sexuality, all of those things. And as we continue in the series, we'll, we'll cover those other bases as well. But I think that one of the, one of the books that I recommended I, this last week, I think it was this last week, um, but I'll recommend it here, is a, it's actually a little booklet. It's, it's not even 80 pages, I don't think, um, by a, a man named Vaughn Roberts, and it's simply titled Transgender. And so he he takes a, a very, very compassionate and biblical position with regard to the transgender, um, transgenderism and, um, and those who need to learn how to relate to those who are struggling in this way. And, um, and so he, he just sheds some good light on it. But in, in, I think, one of the very last chapters is a simple chapter called Wisdom, and he, and he gives some answers to how, how to respond to these things personally. How should a church respond to them? Kind of more of a corporate response. And um, even answers some questions about, you know, what if my child feels like they're having these transgender feelings? And what if a close family or friend does? And so he gives some really, I think, some really good counsel to this, I don't. I don't have to agree with the guy a hundred percent in order to recommend him. I just think that there's some real wisdom here. Um, but this is one of the first things that he says. He says, if this is something that you're struggling with, a face that you're facing in your life, he says, please don't let, please don't let it be a lonely battle. 
and especially don't shame, don't let shame keep it a lonely battle. And I just think that is, um, that's a wise and compassionate response. I think the fear of rejection is one of the most powerful fears. Humans need acceptance. We all long for that. Now it can be out of balance and it could be too, too big of a thing, but it's an inherent part of humanity as we want to belong. We need to belong. And so when we feel like we are living outside of the norms of whatever it is required in order to belong, we fear rejection. We fear, we fear that we're, we're going to be unacceptable to whoever it is that we want to be, a, you know, whoever it is we care about and that sort of thing. And so fear of rejection keeps a lot, I know this is true in the church, fear of reje- rejection keeps a lot of sin unconfessed and people struggle and they allow that guilt to weigh them down and sidetrack them. And one of the things that I've, I've tried to do in my own personal family as well as within the church is to create an atmosphere where people can make mistakes, even big mistakes, and recover. Um, I think that's grace and truth um, combined, you know. And so, and so if a person, like how do we respond to those struggling with gender identity? We try to create an atmosphere that allows them to share their true heart and feelings without fearing that they're going to be wholesale rejected. Um, and so that's, the, that's a big, big part. Um, another thing, and I might have said this a couple of weeks ago, but I go back to it with regard to making sure that we understand the difference between approval and acceptance. So in our, our, our culture is so charged about this, so hypercharged about this, that they don't see a distinction between approval and acceptance. Um, I can legitimately, I can accept you as a human being with all of whatever struggles or however you're identifying or anything like that. I can accept you as a valuable person without approving of everything that you're doing. And, uh, and, and like we need to be able to navigate our own hearts to, to be able to do that. And that's not just true for somebody who's struggling with their sexual orientation or their gender or something of that nature it's true of a lot of things like like you could think about you could you may have a family member or a or a friend or something that is that is a drug addict and they of course um are self-destructing if they're if they're a drug addict presently they're self-destructing and you clearly should not approve of that lifestyle but you, can, but you must accept that person as a valuable person in order to make sure that they know that they're not being wholesale rejected. So that's another thing. Acceptance and approval needs to be seen differently. And, um, and that goes to kind of making sure that we have a compassionate response or we're compassionate toward individuals who are confused or who are struggling. We're, we're compassionate about that. But at the same time, and this is, this is a, maybe a bit of a tightrope for some people, but we, we have to be compassionate toward those who are struggling while remaining unbending toward a secular view of the world. There is an agenda in our society that is a, um, an absolute 
rejection of God and of anything that um, it, that is a that is reflected in the in the creative work of God. There there is just that, and so we've got to be unbending with regard to biblical truth. And so um, this uh, so this coming Sunday, which is the seventh of March, Sexuality Week One, Part One. Then the fourteenth will be Sexuality Week Two. Yeah. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, in that sermon, I'm going to talk about same-sex attraction. And I want to, that's part of the reason why I had to split these weeks, because there's just too much content. But, but same-sex attraction is a real thing. And it isn't, people who, who claim it aren't just making it up. They, they really feel that. They, and, they, and they feel like it is an inherent part of who they are. And so that's a tough, tough one to deal with. But we want to be compassionate and shed the light of truth on that, um, but at the same time, not not bend to the to the winds of our culture. We've got to be um, we've got to be upright about that, because if in the name of love we forfeit biblical truth, well, what we end up doing is condemning ourselves for forfeiting biblical truth, and then. Unfortunately, we leave the, the sinner to struggle and to wallow in their destructive ways. And so, um, and so we just can't afford. There's too much at stake. We've got to remember that we are, as human beings, there is a God and we are accountable to him. And so, um, and so we've got to be compassionate and hold our convictions clear. So speak the truth in love, right? That's what we're, that's what we're supposed to do. So that's, I think, you know, there's, there's plenty of other things as I look at, as I think through what Vaughn Roberts would say about, you know, how do we, how do we address these things? I, I, I would just say, man, people should uh, continue to educate themselves because there's, there's some good resources that we're putting out. Some of these articles, some of these articles basically wet your whistle for wanting to eat, know even more. And some of those books will be very helpful in that regard. Yes. And... Just a reminder, as you, you are listening, we mentioned it this past week, and obviously it bears repeating, that we are going to have a Q&A episode. So if you're listening to the sermons on Sundays, or you're even listening to this podcast, and some questions are coming to mind, then you can email a question to me at michael at citypointchurch.com, or if you want it to remain anonymous, uh, just fill one out on a connection card. Question for the Inside Out podcast, fill it out and drop it in a bucket in building. Um, we want to uh, create a platform where questions can be answered, even uh, difficult and challenging questions, because we know there are a ton in regards to this area. Uh, and so, uh, we said originally that that was going to be happening on Friday the 26th, but now, because our series is a week longer, that's going to air on April 2nd. April 2nd is when that episode is going to be. Hmm. Um, and Good so, catch. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we have the right dates on there, just because our a sermon on sexuality, as, as, as Brent said, is going to be split into two separate weeks. But again, that's going to be such a great... <laughs> a great subject in the series to cover as a church, and we're we're looking forward to that. And so, uh, Brent, anything else in regards to gender that you're 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 dying to share with us before we we move on? No, I think I've I think we've said as much as we can say in the moment. 
Yes, yes. Well, again, just as a reminder, get those questions into us. We want to hear from you. We're so glad that you are part of uh, City Point Church and the Inside Out podcast. We look forward to seeing you this Sunday as we go through sexuality in our To Be Human series. Thank you.